sabbaticals. What are they and how can God use them in the life of a pastor and a church? That is the topic of today's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome back to ReChurch. Appreciate GFA Mission sponsoring this podcast. Today we're responding to a question uh, that was actually called in to me by a church leader, and the topic is sabbaticals. But before we get into that, I want to remind all our listeners of GFA's virtual roundtables on missions had a great response and continue to have good responses to this. So if you're interested in missions, there's one a month. So you can go to our webpage, gfamissions.org slash roundtables with an S, and you can find all the information of how to register and the next one coming up. But back to sabbaticals. We have a dear friend of mine, Dale Cunningham. Dale, welcome to the podcast. Marsh, what a, an absolute treat it is to uh, join you on this today. Unfortunately, Denise could not join us today, but Dale, give our listeners your background, where you pastor, how long you've been there, all the great details they want to know about you. <laughs> well, I grew up in a pastor's home, mm. uh, so I've known ministry all my life. I've seen the ups and downs and the joys and the sorrows, and I remember my dad, even in his kindness, uh, and wanted to teach me, uh, never kept anything away from me. He was a realist, and so that helped me as going forward uh, through ministry. Right. So let me say that I've uh, been here in Johnson City, Tennessee, as pastor of Boone's Creek Bible Church for uh, 20 years. Wow. Uh, prior to that, was uh, 14 years in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, grateful for this ministry in so many ways. I can honestly tell you, more blessings than hardships in these 20 years. Amen. Gretchen, I've had the privilege of being in your church. And of course, uh, your youth pastor is a dear friend of ours. So I can tell anyone that needs uh, a church in the area of Johnson City, Tennessee, go to Boone's Creek Bible Church. More just the fellowship and the love that is just within that church is wonderful. So I want to thank you for setting that tone within your local church. So, well, thank you, Mark. Yeah. I appreciate it. I tell you, the Lord's been so good to us. As, as Andy Griffith says, he's been extra good. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we've watched him do some marvelous things here. And indeed, a uh, great, great group of people. And I've uh, been an honor to shepherd here. So thank you. All right, Dale, here's where we're going. I want to talk about the whys of a sabbatical and the how-tos. Okay, so now is my understanding that your church has sent you on two of these, Correct. That is correct. Right. Yeah, one was in 07, okay. and the other was 2016. All right, so let's talk about just how all this happened. So you told me a great story of how the first sabbatical came to be. Uh, tell our listeners that, that fascinating tale. Or not okay. to tell the fascinating truth <laughs> <laughs> of this, uh, of how it ha- what happened. Well, twofold. Uh, first of all, I'd finished my master's degree at BJ in 06, and the church had graciously allowed me to go to, the, to, to BJ to finish that in, in, uh, in person for those two-week modules. And so all that coupled with something that I did not even know that they were up to mm. that was for my good, for their good, and obviously for God's glory. Um, 
I found out after the 40-day sabbatical. All right, wait. Can we stop right here? Yeah. Put in your terms the definition of a sabbatical in case somebody's not familiar with it. Sure. Well, the term sabbatical comes from the Bible word Sabbath. That means to cease, Mm -hmm. to rest. Just like on the seventh day, God ended his work. And so a sabbatical is, is a period of time where a pastor can get away and rest, refocus, be able to be recharged, be revived. And so the key word, though, is rest. Okay. Um, it's interesting. We as pastors, we have our foot on the accelerator 24-7. No, we wouldn't do something like that. Yay, very little. <laughs> I mean, and even so much so, sadly, we will not say this. Yeah. But it's we go about it too often, as if we're the Messiah. Yeah, you go. And and the expectations of people that we take, and the fear of man that brings a snare, just absolutely causes us Mm -hmm. to be on the front edge of the seat, foot on the accelerator, twenty four seven. Even can't sleep at night sometimes. Yeah. So much so, let me throw this in at this juncture to say that in both of these sabbaticals, it took one full week mm-hmm. and even a couple days to finally be able to go. <sighs> yeah. Just, just doing one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a deacon in our church who had a theology of vacations and he said you had to do two weeks because what you just yes. said, you know, it takes a while to unwind. All right. So now let's go back. You were telling us the account of how this yes. first sabbatical came to be, which I think is great. So tell our listeners that. Which, grateful for a, a godly, compassionate chairman of the deacon group who cared for me and for the congregation so much so that I found out later on that not only did they want to give me a 40-day sabbatical just so I could go rest, but mm-hmm. also being, having brought up so much in the kind of leadership that I did in, in churches, I had my hands basically in everything. All right. So at this point, the size of Boone's Creek Bible Church was back in uh, 06, 07, 08, whenever uh, this first 150 to 180, somewhere okay. in there. Now, did you have right. an associate pastor? I did, but not like full time. Okay. Okay. And so I, I just was running from pillar to post, but yet felt like I had to be a part of everything and, and, and wanted to. I mean, I love ministry and I eat, sleep, and drink it, you know? Sure. But this, this gentleman, as he told me later, he said, we realized that the only way that we were going to be able to move ministry forward, and no offense to you, Pastor, but we're going to move ministry forward only if we can get your hands off everything. Wow. So is so micromanaging, they, is that the word you use, or is that the word yes. I just put in your mouth? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's the word that I use. Yeah, and, 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 and not only that, you know, even, even to the point of believing when you delegate something, you give authority, but yet I wasn't doing that. Hmm. Uh, I, I, was, I was still jumping to assumptions and, and jumping ahead of people and, and so on, just you know, it, my exuberance sometimes and stupidity. So anyway, here's what happens on an October deacons gathering, and I'm sitting there, and they looked at me and they said, Pastor, how would you like to have 40 days to just go away, have no connections with ministry whatsoever? We will continue your full salary. We will pay 
wherever you go to stay, we will take care of you like we've been doing across the board. We just want you to go rest. Wow. So after I picked myself up off the floor and got back in the chair, because, you know, this, the sabbatical word is not used in our circles. No, it's not. Uh, and so I'm sitting there and, and just a plethora of emotions overwhelm me. Uh, gratitude. Mm-hmm. What in the world? And, yeah. and then as some days went by, this really gripped me. And that was how can this church move forward? If their shepherd is not here. All right. Say that again, Dale. So the how, key question you, you were struggling with was what? Say it again. Was how can this church continue on, move forward without their shepherd? I'm the one God put here to shepherd these sheep. Okay. All right. So arrogant, but yet seriously concerned. Sure. All right. Sure. So much so that caused me so much stress that I began to have chest pains. Now, is this before you went on the sabbatical or during it or both? Well, the sabbatical began December the 24th. Okay. We're driving to my in-laws in Kentucky. I didn't tell my wife, being the man that I am, I didn't say anything to my wife. I was having chest pains. Mm. And it continued because I wasn't thinking the truth. I was believing a bunch of lies about ministry, lies that I've been believing for a long time and that these men had seen and wanted to help me with. So you're not only believing them, you were acting on that belief. Oh, you better believe right. it. I was, I was a mess, right. see. Right. And so the stress had caused some of this, the pressure in my chest prior to that December 24th. But it really, because the sabbatical begins on the 24th and all of a sudden, I'm not getting up that morning with church ministry on my mind. Mm. So long story short, I go on, I came home. All right, let, let me back up now. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. only the fact, I mean, Christmas time is a huge demand on a pastor's life. Right. Okay, all the sermons and cantatas and, yep. you know, all yep. that. So it wasn't yep. the time of the year. It was the fact that you were leaving the church, right? You were taking the sabbatical. Marsh, I'm sure that the stress of December added to it, right. but it was not the main cause. Okay. It was All the right. fact of going on the sabbatical. All right. So much so that I even had the audacity of thinking, I'm going to deny this. <laughs> you mean deny the chest pains or deny de- the de- sabbatical? De- deny the sabbatical. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So fortunately, I went to the doctor later on during the sabbatical. They put me on a halter monitor and nothing wrong with my heart whatsoever. Okay. Physically, there was a whole lot wrong with my heart spiritually. Uh, Well said. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so there's how that first sabbatical happened. And I will tell you, I will be, as long as I live here, grateful for that man and that group of men who cared enough to do the difficult thing. So really, your deacon came to you and really said the only way they could get you to take your hands off every aspect of the ministry was to get you out of there for a while. That's correct. Okay. That is absolutely correct. So this was 40 days? Correct. Okay. So after we talk about the whys of sabbatical and the importance of it, I want to go back and really then, okay, how to do it. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I want to go with this conversation. So let's stay with the several things that you have come to realize and I think one of the things you mentioned to me are the values of the sabbatical, and you've got several of them. So you want to start talking about that, Brother Dale? 
Certainly. You know, I will say this to, to begin. I will never forget coming home and going to a preacher's fellowship, and they invited me to share with all the preachers about this sabbatical. Mm. Well, I was glad to do that, but quite frankly, I was talking to the wrong group. I need to be speaking to the deacons, deacons and deacons. elders, pat, you know, congregation. Yeah. Anyway, and okay, I remember— by the, way, by the way, the question yeah. that came did not come from a pastor. I should have said that. So, so the question that was called to me was called by a leader in the church— so what didn't come from a pastor seeking a sabbatical, it came from a leader kind of seeing what they saw in you. Okay, that's another rabbit trail, but I just wanted to clarify that. All right, so the values. Certainly. No, that's good. You know, statistics can say all kinds of things, mm -hmm. but back in 2016, I remember finding that this statistic that 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month due to moral failure, spiritual burnout, uh, contention in their churches, uh, marriages ending in divorce. The large percentage of pastors constantly fight depression, yeah, um, yeah. feeling like they need to meet up to certain expectations, being on call 24 hours a day, even dealing with cynicism in ministry. Yeah. Because you know good and well the very people you pour your life into can turn right around and create havoc in your life. All right, let me back up one second, because Dale and I go way back. So those that create havoc in a pastor's life— Dale, you have a great phrase that you told me one time, and the phrase was, much grace needed. Do you remember telling me that one time? I do. I do. Yes. <laughs> so we all yes. have those. So I'm trying to say, yep. so Dale is speaking from the heart of experience here. We've called it EGR, extra grace required. Uh, extra grace required. Okay. I knew it was yeah. something like that. Yeah. Right, so keep going. Yeah. So when you think about a sabbatical for a pastor, immediately— and I say this very, very respectfully. Normally, the person in the pew will go, well, why does he deserve time away yeah. when I don't? Well, there is a major vacuum in understanding the eternal nature of ministry and the need of keeping your shepherd fresh, encouraged, edified. He needs rest. He needs that time to recharge. The battle is 24-7. And the reality is that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. We don't wrestle right. with church yep. members. Mm -hmm. We wrestle with Satan, and mm -hmm. he never lets up. The spiritual warfare of, is all the time. Oh, my. Constantly. Along yeah. with your old sin nature that's yeah. lying to sure. you constantly. Sure. And quite frankly, sadly, we as pastors— think we are the most intelligent creatures on the planet. And I'll tell you why. Because we're more prone to listen to ourselves mm. than we do to preach the truth to ourselves. Mm. Well said. And so, therefore, we need to be recharged. We need physical, spiritual rest. We need time to refocus, to just step aside. For instance, even in small ways, I may have a day off, but even if I stay home, and I, I love where we live, and it's restful, but ministry is still right in front of me. Yeah, I've got to get away. And on it your phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's a time for, to, to be renewed spiritually, especially if you're able to attend a vibrant, uh, effective church that you, know, you, you can worship in, where you can just go and sit down and do something that you don't normally do. And that's just sit and worship. Amen. Yeah. And there's an eternal value in this, right? <laughs> you better believe it. And the fact is, 
beyond that, the person in the pew needs to realize our shepherd is teaching us the truth and not saying that the person in the pew only gets their good grain from their shepherd. They've got to be studying themselves, but they understand the value of that pastor teaching them the truth, guiding them, because eternal things, Christ's likeness is more important than anything else in a person's life. And we got it wrong. Normal person of pew thinks making a good uh, income, making sure their kids are MVPs on the ball team, you know, all those kind of things that the National Honor Society, everything that we're tempted to do, right. we look at the earthly things instead of really coming to understand that pastor is our cheerleader. That pastor is our example. That pastor needs to be greatly encouraged. Right. So the eternal over the temporal. Yes, sir. All right. Also, you mentioned the value of the call of God upon the pastor. And I think this segues into what you were just saying, right? Yes. You know, you think about Christ himself. We represent the person of Jesus Christ <laughs> to mm. the church. Mm. We're the under-shepherd. Right. We are nothing outside of him. And if you want to see what leadership looks like, if you want to see what the Christian life looks like, you look to Christ. Yeah. Preachers can't live the Christian life. Jesus didn't even live the Christian life. He is the Christian life. There you go. And so that calling that comes from him, literally, I'm walking in his sandals. I'm carrying that towel. And therefore, who am I to think that I don't need rest? Jesus went apart and spent the night in prayer. Right. Jesus went to the wilderness. And, you know, I'm really convicted by this. He never got in a hurry. But he was always right on time. <laughs> Even when he was when it was <laughs> appeared, he was four days late. He was right on time, brother. You know? Yeah. And, and so as you look at Christ, you begin to value the, as we said a while ago, the eternal over the temporal, the call of God upon you. The older we get, the more energy it takes to prepare messages, the more energy it takes to counsel, to pray, to listen, to confront, to fulfill the roles of ministry. I want to read a quote that you wrote. This is your words, and I want you to comment, okay? Okay. It says, men who are generally called of God to preach the word and who stand for the cause of Christ need times of refreshment so they can, I love this quote, this is your wording, Fulfill the ministry today and finish well tomorrow. We retreat mm -hmm. only to advance. Mm -hmm. Yes. You wrote this after the sabbatical, not going into it, right? After, correct. Okay. Did you write that before the first one or the second one? I think it was after the second one. Okay. So what you're saying is each of these that you do, you just continue to gain more insight. Is that fair to say about the ministry? Uh, listen, most certainly. So as I shared with you, Previously, the first sabbatical was literally God getting my hands off of ministry. This is going to sound cheeky when I say this, but and fall in love with Jesus again. No, I got that. I mean, yeah. I understand if you fall in love with something, you can fall out. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying you, you're renewed mm -hmm. because I'm going to tell you, in rereading, even in preparation for this podcast, in rereading my journal, I was reminded of some of the most precious times in my life. Mm -hmm of getting alone with the Lord. For instance, we're at Fairhaven Ministries in Roan Mountain, Tennessee. It's January. The snow is flying. It's almost a foot deep. And I'm standing on an old log footbridge, praying, 
singing how great thou art. And I'm going to tell you, friend, I've walked that footbridge several times since then. And I remember right there, I met with God. man. And I needed that. I needed to have my hands taken off. And they had to pry it out of my hands. So that, that first sabbatical, instead of being so married to ministry, right. I was moving toward just being caught up with who Christ is Amen. and how great our God is. The second sabbatical enabled me to really consider, again, the retooling of your relationship with the Lord, but also refocusing on ministry. Mm. Because during that time, I read the book. The Vine Project. Right. And it has absolutely set some of the things. I can take you to the creek at Rocky Fork State Park and show you where I believe God spoke to me through prayer and the reading of that book and other things to set even the course of where we are today at Boone's Creek Bible Church. That's wonderful. Now, I want to save the how to's for our next podcast. Oh yeah. So Sorry. Want, oh, no, 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 man. I love it. I want, no, this is, this is back and forth. I'm loving it, but I just want to go through that. So our listeners won't say, okay, I need to know sure. how to do this. Okay. We're going to get right, there. Right. So the third value you told me, the value of the testimony of the pastor, his wife, their marriage and their home. So tell me how the sabbatical helped that area of your personal life of your wife, your marriage and your home. Well, I will say this, that through all the days of ministry, from the day that Denise and I were married in 1981, June 20th, 1981, we have continued to date. We have never stopped. Later on in ministry, I think this is vital right here. Later on in ministry, I'm at the Wilds, and Dr. Ben Strobane is speaking to the pastors. And he looked at us pastors, and he said, men, you pastor everybody. As soon as you get a phone call, you're off and running in the middle of the night. And the adrenaline's flowing. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he said, men, how many of you pastor your wife? Wow. I was convicted. That was in the 80s. So then putting that into practice going forward and so on, in 07, it gave us the opportunity for the first time to set ministry aside and to really pray even, shall we say, deeper together, right. to share scripture together. Sure. I mean, it was it was almost like, seriously, a 40-day honeymoon. Wow. Yet, All right, wait, still— now, now, About how old were you at this point? Let's see. That would have been—oh, my goodness. Now you're asking me to do math here. <laughs> that would have been in my uh, late 40s. All right. So you've been married how many years, roughly? I'm not going to hold you to it. We, we've been married 40 years. Okay. So going on 40. Okay. Yeah, so— Anyway, here we are. We're enjoying like a four-day honeymoon, but yet God's doing some plowing in my heart and in Denise's heart mm. and causing both of us because she loves ministry as well. And I've always, my heart toward Denise has always been, "Hun, you only serve in ministry as you believe the Lord wants you to. I don't put any expectations on her because right. she's yeah. the pastor's wife. Right? Right. Yeah. So she's retooling as well. And we're both kind of struggling through okay, Lord, what are we doing? It's too much. What do we need to say no to? Because we sure, all know yeah. if I say no to this, I can mm -hmm. say yes to something else mm -hmm. and so on. The times that we could spend together enriched our marriage. And that first sabbatical too, our youngest daughter, Allison, was with us. Mm. Our oldest daughter was, it was in college, but it was okay because we continued to do things with her, but yet we were able to, just the two of us, 
spend time really working on our marriage mm. uninterrupted. All right. Now we just got about two minutes to finish up the next two. We can come back to them or go a little bit longer if you need to. But the fourth value is the value of training, discipling opportunity for your assistant pastor. So you were okay. gone. You didn't show up at church. So what happened with him? Well, what's going to happen here is we're going to get into a little bit of a, of a how-to here just for a second. And that is that what happened is that walking away prior to this, this deacon and the deacon group sat down and had a full chart of everybody's responsibilities. Wow. Okay. So therefore, deacons got to be the servants that they needed to be. Mm-hmm. You really, you were robbing them of that privilege, right? Before. I sure okay. was. All right. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, they got man. you out of the way, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. And so it allowed them all to launch out in some new territory for them to take some risks. Right. It was maturing all the way around. Mm. Even in the 2016 sabbatical with then, with Pastor Andrew being on board, mm -hmm. then he was able to step up into a role that he hadn't ever been in yet. Yet. Correct. This because is as a him. senior pastor, yes. Yeah, yeah there yes. we go. Yeah. Yeah. And so he now is learning, and, and here's the blessing. He sees what it's like, and I'll tell you, that has matured him mm. to cause him to go, mm, I don't want to go down that road. I need to go down that road, but I don't want to go down that one. Yeah. See? Yeah. So this is really the church's ministry, not only to you, but in this situation to your assistant pastor as well. Well, I will say this, that if a church gives their pastor or pastors sabbaticals yeah. and those pastors respond to it in the right way, it will be an absolute win-win 100%. Yeah. I think what segues again into your last one, they value the use of spiritual gifts. So I think the last one segues into this one. So comment on that if you would. So therefore, it enables these men as well as your staff to step up to the plate and to serve in the areas that they're gifted in Amen. rather than you stepping up. A little, little short story here. I had one of the most wonderful song leaders during the 07 sabbatical period of time. And he would be leading. Now, I love to lead singing, too. Man, I love worship and yeah. ah, just getting in there and all that. And he would be leading. And then I would, in between verses, I would stand up and say something or do, you know, whatever, right. thinking that I was helping shepherd our people. <laughs> and I wasn't letting Todd do what God had called Todd to go. do. There we go. And this deacon said to me, the way he said it, whoa. He goes, well, very lovingly, mm. he said, Pastor, why do you keep interrupting Todd? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is he to ask me about me interrupting my song leader? <laughs> mm. You learned something there, didn't you? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. You better believe it. Yes, sir. But it's also great that you are approachable and someone can come to you and say, hey, pastor, why are you doing this? So for pastors who put out the persona or something that they're not approachable, this is where all of us need to be approachable. Certainly. And I will yeah. say this, that I applaud any deacon, chairman, whatever, yeah. leader, who would be willing enough to take the role of this man that I'm mentioning in particular. And then also the reality that it, you're right. Um, yeah. Today, I'm enjoying ministry much more than I did in, in those years past because, you know, I'm not, I'm not the Messiah. Amen. And um, it's refreshing. Let's do this. We're going to continue. So those that are listening, this, we're going to do a part two podcast. 
But Dale, for those who may not be able to listen to part two, would you mind giving your email address? So I know there are going to be a lot of questions, both from church leaders and pastors. Certainly. Um, okay, give that out, please. So I pastor Boone's Creek Bible Church. So my email address is bcbcpastor at okay. comcast.net. All right, say it one more time. bcbcpastor at comcast.net. All right, now, for our listeners as well, if you would like for Dale to come speak, Pastor Cunningham to come speak to your deacons or deacon board or maybe combined pastor and deacons, you would love to do that, right? This is part of your passion on helping other churches understand this, right? Most certainly. Okay, uh, so I just want yes, to get sir. that in there. Okay, Brother Cunningham, we'll be right back with you for the next podcast. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for expressing your heart on this. Uh, you're welcome. Amen. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.